Hello, friends. Welcome to Village Idiots Christ. We're nuts for Jesus and just playing nuts. I'm screwed up here. <laughs> I, uh, I left uh, Philippians, uh, the second part of three, hanging there. I just was looking, throwing through my Bible. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I like to do them back to back, day after day. And I just messed this one up. So we're going to finish Philippians 3. And we've only got one more chapter in Philippians, and then we'll be on to Colossians, and then we'll be doing something else. So let's just jump right in. It's uh, verse chapter 3, verse 12 through 21, it looks like. So hopefully it'll be short, so we'll just do what we can do here. Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have t- already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took, Jesus took hold of me. I love that verse. Verse 12. Jesus Christ took hold of us. When he died on the cross, he took hold of us. When he overcame the grave, he took hold of us for a reason, that we might press on with him, uh, that we might someday be made perfect, that we might obtain all that he wants us to obtain. Again, listen to what it says again. Not that I've already obtained all this. We haven't obtained. In this life, in this fleshly body with a fleshly mind, we still haven't obtained everything we're going to. It's going to wait for the resurrection of the dead, the rapture, however you look at it. When we're on the other side is when we'll be made perfect. Not that I've already obtained all this or been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He took hold of me so that I would take hold of it. Isn't that cool? Beautiful union there. Christ takes hold of us, and then we take hold of the life he's, he's given to us through his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. It's a beautiful thing. Verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Man, let me tell you something. If anybody needed to stop looking backwards, it was this guy, Paul, the Apostle Paul. We all have a past. But Paul's past dealt immediately with the church. It dealt with the same people he was dealing with or, you know, dealing with now uh, after he had his uh, Damascus Road conversion from Saul to Paul. But, you know, I listen, look, look, listen to what it says. Brothers, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. And Paul had to do this or he never would have wrote the Bible. He would have lived in condemnation, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what's ahead. He had to let all that. He had to let the death, the martyrdom of Stephen go. He had to let all the people he was. It talked about how he tortured and killed. I mean. I mean, this guy was all doing the name of God. He thought he was doing it for the right reason. I could show you Old Testament scripture talks about, you know, wiping out people who are trying to deceive you and lead you to other gods. He thought he thought this Jesus guy wasn't real. He didn't understand. He had no concept. And so he was doing what exactly saw in the law to do. If someone tries to take you to a false God, which he thought Jesus was trying to lead you away from Moses and the Mosaic law. Man, you 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 show that person no mercy. Even if it's your own husband or wife, it says you show them no mercy, and you wipe them out, you kill them. And so Paul thought he was fulfilling the law. He acted in ignorance. And another scripture is he acted in ignorance. That's why he was shown mercy. Man, we've all done stupid stuff in our lives, and some of it we've done on purpose, and other stuff we did by accident and 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 uh, without volition. So let your past go. Forgive yourself. Matthew 18, 21 through 34 says that if you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. And but with yourself, it says that you're tormented. If you don't forgive, you're tormented. If you don't forgive yourself for your past and realize the devil was right alongside and lead you into all of it. You know, not that you're not responsible, but he was helping you big time as he helps every human being on the planet. Let yourself off the hook. If you've been forgiven by Christ, you cannot hold your own sin against yourself anymore. 
You understand? Then you put yourself above God. If God forgives you and you won't forgive yourself, you're putting yourself above God. Don't do that. You'll destroy your own life. You'll ruin yourself in sorrow. You'll live an ineffective life in Christ. God's got a plan for you. But to, like with Paul, Paul had to get past his past to, to become the Apostle Paul, to write a third of the New Testament. Can you imagine, you know, if he held on to all that, he would have been writing stuff and crying at the same time and, and eventually would have just given up. But no, he let it go and realized, hey, you know, I'm not the same person I was. If you're in Christ, you're not the same person you were two years, 10 years, six months, 20 years ago. You're a different person. You've been made brand new in Christ. You're a new creation. Embrace your new creation and let your past go. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Amen. Let's continue on here. I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ. We're all pressing on um, to, toward the goal to win the prize. The prize is what? The prize is being with God and His Son and the Holy Spirit forever. The prize is being with each other forever. The prize is the eternity. The prize is forgiveness of sins. The prize is them being wiped away and, and, and us being made brand new. The new heavens, new earth, a millennial kingdom. There's so much in front of us. We're right at the finish line of our lives. We're about to go into the tribulation. Most likely we're going to see the Lord's return if we live that long or be taken. But man, there's so much in front of us. There's such, there's so much prize, P-R-I-Z-E. There's a prize and I mean it encompasses the what's coming. It's incredible. Don't hang, hang on, hold on to it. Uh, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. Win the prize. Run like you want to win the prize. What does that mean? Just keep serving God every day. Just keep walking with him every day. Because God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. Isn't that cool? God's called you heavenward like you're rising up into heaven in Jesus. Amen. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Amen. If you're mature, take the view. Go back and listen to this again and take that view. Take, the, take such a view of these things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. God, the Holy Spirit will let you know where you're off. Amen. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Yes. Let's not, let's not take two steps forward and three steps back. Let's take two forward and maybe a half a step back. Three forward, maybe one step back. You keep moving. You're making forward progress. You want to keep making forward progress in Christ. Join with others in following my example, brothers. Uh, brothers, and take take note of, of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Man, we're all setting an example for each other. Isn't that cool? Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. So, um, um, Paul set the example, and then others were setting the example for others. You know, we're, we're all, we all hold someone in high esteem in the body. We follow after their pattern. We look at them and go, man, that's the guy I want to be. Not that I want his anointing or calling, but I hold, like, I just use myself uh, just off the top of my head. Jonathan Kahn. Love Jonathan Kahn. You know, I hold that guy in high esteem. I don't want to be Jonathan Kahn, but I want to live a life of excellence like he lives in my own way. And he just, he's a man of super, superb integrity. I, I hold that guy in high esteem. You should, you, you know, it could be. I mean, I could name 20 people, but you have your heroes of the faith or people, a pastor, you look at people in the Bible, follow someone. Someone set an example for you. Follow that example and set an example for the guys behind you following you. Isn't that cool? We follow other people in their examples and people are following us in our examples. Man, isn't it cool to live that way? It's just beautiful, man. We're all helping each other out. We're all blessing each other. It's just the way, that's the kingdom we're a part of. It's such a blessing. Amen. For as often 
as far as for as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Man, we're surrounded by these people all the time. You can hear his grief here. I grieve, I grieve the same grief. So I've I told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many lives. There's so many enemies of the cross. So many people in Washington, they're enemies of the cross. And I don't condemn those people. I pray for those people. This We live in such an age where there's so many enemies. They're all around us. Enemies of Jesus Christ, his cross. Enemies of what he stood for. Enemies of the word of God that don't want to believe the whole word of God. That want to take and do the Bible buffet and pull certain things out. Because it doesn't fit their cultural lifestyle. Because you can't find permission for abortion. I always use abortion because that's my pet peeve. They can't find any permission for abortion in the Bible. So we're just going to, you know, we're just going to kind of go around the Bible on abortion. And just pretend it's not a human being. Enemies of the cross. These are enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Man, do we live in an overfed society? Man, all of us eat too much. All of us. A little fasting would do all of us a world of good. And those that can physically do it. And their glory is in their... Their glory is their shame. They glory in their darkness. They glory in their shame. Man, that's what they... You know, their dark... Their their noonday is pitch black darkness. Their light is darkness. If, I, I love the verse, and it took me a while. To, me and my friend Mark took me a while to puzzle this out. And me and my friend Jack, we talked about this. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now think about that. If your light, the light of your life, is darkness, man, that's a terrible darkness. It's all consuming. There's so many people. The light within their heart is darkness. Those are these people. That's what Paul's talking about right here. Their mind is on earthly things. Man, all they see is their, what their five physical senses perceive. That's why I'm always talking about. Um, the, I use the space bob thing. If people, people who know the Bible, even some people who sit in church and know the Bible, and I use this as an example because of the earthly mindedness of people. If somebody saw, if they saw a guy land on the White House lawn, an alien ship land on the White House lawn, the guy stepped out of the ship and he was beautiful and he had all kinds of cool power, like raising the dead and doing that stuff, and he claimed to be God. But it totally violated the scriptures. Those people would put their belief in what they saw with their earthly eyes, with their earthly mind, with their earthly heart. They would follow that guy. Man, but watch what he says. But watch what Paul says in verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that we'll be like his glorious body. Now, that don't give you, I look in the mirror and go, you know, I'm not the ugliest guy in the world, but, (laughs) but. But you know, yeah, that you know, we all we all wish we all we all wish we look like somebody else. Come on, let's be honest. Unless you're Clint Eastwood, you go, damn, I'm good looking. <laughs> but <laughs> we all, you know, I mean, again, I've got I've grown accustomed to my face, my bald head. I like the bald. I'm totally in love with the bald. That's good. My wife is too. Thank God for that. And but you know, our earthly bodies are going to be replaced with like. You know, most people believe that the thought is we get to heaven, we'll all be about the same age. Those that are, you know, adults will be around 30, 30, 33 like Jesus when he died. That's generally the conjecture. It's not biblical, but that's generally because people who have had near-death experiences seem like grandma, but she looks like 30. I have a grandmother grandmother died in her 90s. I'm going to go see her in heaven, and I'm not going to recognize her because she's going to be like 30 years old. we got so much coming. Let's read this again. 
Our citizenship is in heaven. Man, we have a citizenship not of this world. We are not of this world. Our citizenship is not this world. It's heaven. Amen. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus. Man, can't wait till he comes back and gets us. What a good day. It says we're supposed to love his appearing. You're supposed to love his appearing. You just can't wait. It says at the end of Revelation, come, Lord. We're supposed to be in our hearts. Come, Lord. Come, 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 come. We can't wait till you get here. Just come. <laughs> Tell your father, let you come now. <laughs> Lord Jesus, who by the power that enables him to bring everything this think about what think about this verse. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I just caught this. Who by the power, what kind of power does Jesus have? Let's just look at let's just look at what kind of power Jesus has. It says it right here. Watch this. We're just gonna separate this one verse because this will blow your mind. It's blowing my mind. Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. Everything. God has given Jesus everything. Everything is under Jesus' control. He holds it all. It's all his. When he died, death, burial, resurrection, God gave it all to him. Here you go, boy. No one's done what you've done. I give you everything. Everything is under your control, boy. It says it right there. Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. So the power that he has that brings everything under controls is what's going to uh, transform our lowly body and say it'll be like his glorious body. We don't even have to worry about this. If Jesus has control of everything, it means he has control of our bodies too. And someday, at the right moment, our bodies, boom, in the twinkling of an eye are going to be transformed. We're going to be caught up into the sky to meet the Lord and to be with him forever. And we're going to be our trans- our lowly bodies. I like how it says it says lowly, because these are lowly bodies. We're all plagued with l- earthly desires and darknesses and crazy stuff. That's why so many guys are into pornography, because their sexuality is running wild on them. So many people over because their stomach is their God. And then lowly bodies, these bodies that are so carnal, so fallen, um, so depraved. Man, he's going to take these lowly bodies because they're under his control, because everything's under his control. And he's going to transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glory. He had a perfect, when he came back from the dead, he could trend, um, uh, not trend, uh, what's the word? Um, he could just appear. You know, he'd just appear where the apostles are. And then he'd just disappear. There's no time and space. There's no time or space for Jesus anymore. He has full control in his glorified body. He can be anywhere, go anywhere, do anything. There's no limitations. There's no physical limitations on his glorified physical body. And we're going to have the same glorified physical bodies that he does. We're going to be able to eat and drink in heaven. But it's going to be with a glorified body. Are you losing your mind yet? Are you in love with these words? We have so much... There's so much, and doesn't doesn't it make you feel, don't you feel pity? Reading what I just read, think about what I just said, what's coming to us. And then, then the, as enemies of the cross, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame, their minds on earthly things. Don't you pity these people? I pity, I pity most of the people in Washington who are of this world. They, they think they have so much. The, the, the billionaires and trillionaires now, because Amazon guy's a trillionaire, at least his company's worth that much. I pity these people. They think they have so much. They think the world is their oyster. They, have, they can buy and sell anything they want. They have billions or even trillions of dollars now. They have nothing. They do not have a citizenship in heaven. Their citizenship is of this earth. Their God is their stomach. Their glory's in their shame. Because they won't acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and won't make him the Lord and Savior of their lives. What a pitiful, I, you know, people, you know, 
the lifestyles of the rich and famous. You remember that show? I'm whatever his name was. Oh, lifestyles of the rich and famous. And he used to put envy in everybody's heart. These big 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 square foot houses and glass roofs and all kinds of crazy stuff. I pity all those people because because their, mer- their, their joy, the Bible says the mirth of the wicked is brief. But that means the joy, the laughter of the wicked is brief. It's only for this life. What is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? But we have gained something far more than the world. We have gained eternity. Our, our, our um, citizenship has been transferred from the earth when we're born again and transferred to heaven with Jesus Christ. Good stuff. We are blessed. Pray for the lost. Pray for the enemies. Of, pray for the enemies of the cross. That's a good prayer. Pray, Lord, I'm praying for the enemies of the cross today. That's a good prayer. You should pray that. When you get off the listen to this, Lord, just say to yourself, or say to the Lord, Lord, I pray for the enemies of the cross that 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 whatever can be done to save them would be done, that you move heaven and earth so that some would be saved. Wouldn't it be cool, these people we know that are dark, wouldn't it be cool to get up to heaven? A few of them would go, wow, there's what's her name? Oh my God, there's what's her name? He made it. Oh my gosh, he made it. I want some of those experiences to happen to people we never thought would make it. That's why we pray for them. That God will move in their heart, find a way in. Our prayers matter. The, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. That's why we pray for our enemies, so they don't remain our enemies. Man, we don't want to, you don't hold nothing. You pray, love, and you forgive your enemies. Why? Because we don't want them to remain our enemies. We want them to be, we want their citizenship to get into heaven too, to be heavenward like we are. That's the whole point of this thing. Seeking and saving the lost. Amen. Love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. Amen. Share these. By the way, we did, we started a new thing. Uh, just in case you're listening to this and don't know, caffeinated Christianity. There's nothing better goes better with coffee than Jesus. There are one, two, one or two. I'm only the ones I've done so far run one minute in something. I'm keeping them under three minutes. They're high tension. Uh, me doing crazy, just having fun. Sunglasses, bandana on my head, but just hitting hitting real fast. If you got friends that don't know God, if you got friends that don't know Jesus. This is for people that don't know nothing. I mean, you can enjoy them as a Christian, but I give them one verse. You know, I just hit one verse and talk about that verse. But what I'm doing is that this is the this is my secret plan. <laughs> is and giving that one verse. That one verse goes right into their heart. Anybody that doesn't know Jesus gets that. That's a that's a verse that the Holy Spirit will start working on their heart with. We want to sow the word of God into the unbelievers' hearts. So, uh, caffeinated Christianity. It's on TikTok. It's on uh, YouTube video. It's YouTube. It's Facebook. But if you see it on there, enjoy it and share it with your friends like these. Share it, especially your unsafe friends, because I do I do wacky and zany. I do crazy because the world likes crazy. The world likes Monty Python. The world likes all the nutty stuff. So I just come really intensely. This is caffeinated, caffeinated Christianity. Why? Because everything goes better. You know, nothing goes better with coffee than Jesus. Just totally intense. But anyway, just a suggestion there because we want hey. Like again, seeking and saving the lost. We're running out of time. The Lord's coming back. Let's use our time wisely. Love you, love you.